Right, my name is Oliver Brown, and the name of my company is Brown Tax Preparation and Financial Services, LLC. This, this, is, this is Diversified, diversified game, game, game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys might want to get your pen and pad, especially if you're in America. The tax season is coming, and you need to be prepared. My guest today is the CEO and founder of his own his own tax company. It's, it's a fi- he can get you financially right. He can give you the game as an accountant. If you're listening in Sierra Leone, at our newest partner, African Young Voices, AYV Radio, I want you to get this game because you still have to do tax in Sierra Leone and you never know when your business will expand. I want to tell you, I met this humble brother at the South Florida Chamber of Commerce, which to some people in Florida may be like the South Florida Chamber. What's that? I want you guys to tap in. Links will be in the description box. Make sure you uh, register, ask questions catch one of the mixers. It was a great time, but I have chief, sir. How many titles does he have? I, I don't know. We're going to keep on going because he has Jamaican roots too, but Oliver Brown, he's going to give us the game. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, my bro? I'm welcome, brother. I'm welcome. I'm not just to say thank you for welcoming me to your platform, but all is well. Can't complain. Glad to be alive, especially, excuse me, in this day and age with everything that's kind of swirling in the world. So Got to give thanks for the, for the greatest blessing that you get of life. So I'm well. I can't complain. Amen. Amen. And I got to let everybody know one of your your secrets. Maybe this is where, you know, um, his success comes from. But this brother wakes up super early. Uh, <laughs> Cyrus Webb is the only one I know who wakes up, uh, I, who I thought woke up early. But this brother wakes up around 2.33. And around this season, he doesn't get to go back to sleep um, until that work is done because it's tax season soon to come. But, you yes, know, sir. give us. Yeah, give us the game on, you know, how you got into what you're doing, um, because you probably weren't born with a calculator in your hand and, you know, you had to work hard to get here because we know as an immigrant, only the best get to come to the United States and you had to really earn your way here. So give us the game. No, absolutely. Certainly, as you mentioned, my my time of rising is the millionaire hour, they'll call it. For purposes of you know, I get a lot of I get a lot of work done, and there's a lot of movement within within the ranks of this, and you know, assisting and helping my business clients during the wee hours of the morning when everyone is sleeping. So it's 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 a great use of my time. No phone calls, no text messages, no emails. So it's just me, me, the machine, and 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 the world is grinding and doing what I need to do. So as you mentioned, um, I'm the uh, the founder and CEO of an accounting organization. Our specialization in taxation. Uh, we offer multiple other services. I can kind of jump into that a little bit dialogue later on, but a little bit of background on myself. Um, I've been in the, in the field of accounting for 25 years. As you mentioned, I immigrated here from the island of Jamaica, uh, came here to this country permanently at the age of 12. Um, my mom was the first line in terms of, you know, coming over from from the island and coming here to the U.S. in order to, you know, work hard. And I mean hard in many respects, doing many, t- many cases too three jobs at a time so she could save up 
you know, her, her hard-earned money in order to potentially bring myself and my younger brother over to the United States so we could have uh, more of an opportunity than we probably would have been afforded uh, living back in the Caribbean. So, you know, my roots were certainly, my foundation is certainly planted instilled in me from a purpose of the 12 years that I did back home and, you know, watching around me an environment that I didn't, did not really understand until I got older and understand the, in essence, the lay of the land, the ways of the world. I've had entrepreneurship surrounding me since birth, man. I mean, it's something that is very prevalent, primarily, I'll say, especially in the Caribbean islands, as opposed to your upbringing here in the United States, because, um, Listen, at the end of the day, if you don't go out and get it, you're not going to eat. And I've had my grandmother and my my grandparents were a part of my upbringing. I watched my grandmother, you know, work a shop on the on the seaside, you know, selling items, selling fish, things of that nature, selling chickens. And, you know, entrepreneurship was something that has been at the forefront of, you know, my existence, you know, unbeknownst to me was watching the people around me. So coming to the United States. It was uh, a bit of a culture shock initially, but um, I integrated very well, I should say, from a standpoint of, you know, when I immigrated here, I came and I settled in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, East New York, Brooklyn, to be exact, was the first area that I, that I resided in. And I've, I've lived in Brownsville, Canarsie in the 90s, and I, I lived in a couple of different areas in Queens. And what that experience brought uh, for, more so for me in terms of you know, my, my evolution as a young, as a young man and, you know, gravitating into being a grown man and an adult in this country was that I saw a lot of different things uh, by way of street life and things that still hold true in terms of keeping me grounded and keeps, always keeps me centered no matter how much or how high I get in the, in the world of business or the things that I'm involved with from a, from a, a wealth generation, generationally building standpoint. The things that go back to my time growing up as a young man, not having a whole lot in Jamaica and even coming to the U.S. and having not the best of environments to live in and circumstances to kind of work through, you know, growing up in Brooklyn and growing up in the hood. Um, I never lost sight of my foundation and the principles and where I come from. So no matter to what level I grow and business or anything else that I do, I never lose sight of where I'm from who I am and the things that help make me who I am. So, you know, you mentioned we, uh, we initially met at the, uh, the South Florida Black Chamber of Commerce uh, networking mixer uh, very fairly recently. And uh, my main reason for the attachment to that organization and other organizations that do nonprofit work with um, is for the sake that I, they understand that, that I know I have a responsibility at the end of the day to my community, to my people, specifically my people and my people, I mean, all, I love all people, but at the end of the day, I fight for and push for black and brown in terms of us taking our place and really securing, you know, investments, you know, getting better education from an investment standpoint and also starting businesses and then simply understanding the dreams and the benefits that are going to come with entrepreneurship. Those are the things that we got to kind of get focused on and centered and certainly make, making that transition point to the future generations to come. So, you know, I did. Almost, I'm almost 25 years experienced in my field of accounting. Um, yeah, I, can, I wasn't, I wasn't born with a calculator or at a machine in my in my in my crib. But you know, business was something that I took a liking to. Uh, pretty much at kind of, I'll say more so at the tail end of high school, I took a business course, did pretty well in it, and 
lo and behold, one of the main components of it was accounting, and I decided to take it on as a as a degree uh, uh, area of focus in college uh, up in, in in New York. And lo and behold, I had no idea that once you know just giving it a shot would end up materializing into a twenty five year career so far. And having worked in some great companies, major environments, worked on Wall Street. Um, worked for some very powerful companies that I've had and I, the opportunity to really learn and grow, not just simply go and sit and do my job. I, I focused and watched everything going on around me because at the end of the day, ultimately those things will be beneficial and impactful to the people that are in within my network and that I can shed, spread and share to others. So, you know, I'm very, I should say, I'm very, very much, um, you know, humbled by the fact that I've been able to be in certain positions and learn and I could acquire that information to give to others. So that's really a big part of what makes me who I am, not just simply my drive in business, but certainly my ability to, to share network and, and provide information and resources to others. How, how did that adjustment, even at 12, because you, you, you know, a lot of immigrants, they come to America and people might hear them complain and say, man, I don't like these facilities. And people will say, you should just be happy to be here. Not understanding that those immigrants might've been living, you know, a better life, quality life in you, whatever country they were in. Then you come to New York, you said Brooklyn, Brownsville in the 90s. I was grabbing tapes, clue tapes in the 90s. You had the people, I want to give folks who don't know what New York was in the, the 90s where, you know, a young man could get his first real Rolex uh, and really do some things, but you also had to be careful on what cabs you got in because especially around the train station, you get in the what you thought was a cab, you could be held up and told that hey tell your family they're coming with us so we can go rob your hotel room like it was ruthless i don't you know this was not a movie y'all this is real life like the 90s new york uh giuliani you know they say cleaned it up but there's still a, a lot of just foolishness going around in the 90s so what um what like how was that transition were you happy to be in america did you want to be like hey man i want to be back in in jamaica i almost heard you i, I thought i almost heard you say my mom mom did many things and i'm like oh man just let it roll man let it let no. it roll <laughs> now, well, my native yeah. tongue hasn't hasn't escaped me and, I, and quite frankly well i can't there's no hiding it from a place of you know when i have connections and conversations with caribbean people uh, once it can it's a certain word it can you say you know say me I am already but when it, you know from a, from a standpoint in corporate America unless I told somebody that I, I immigrated and I'm from Jamaica they had no clue but to address your question you know making that transition at at uh, I think would probably say it'd be an optimal age where I came permanently I came back and forth you know in certain instances when I was younger I visited Connecticut and um, and but New York being the place that you know my mom decided to to you know, in essence, essentially locate, relocate us to. Um, it was um, from a from a standpoint of understanding the landscape of the streets. Like I said, that's one part that kind of came to me pretty swiftly. You know, one thing that I, I've always aspired uh, aspired to be is the best at all things that I do, no matter whether it was you know at this stage of life and certainly over my the course of my adult life has been focused on positivity and you know having being in the midst of the right people and really connecting with the with the uh, you know people of a, of a of a similar mindset that was no different when i came to this country at 12 
and got into street life. You know, I've, I've been in gangs, I've hustled, uh, I've, I've done a lot of things by way of, you know, just simply live the life, lifestyles. And like you said, in the early 90s, especially living in Brooklyn, the gang activity and all that stuff started to get really heavy uh, in, the, in the communities that I, that, I, that I was raised in. And yeah, you know, uh, from a standpoint of I got into I got into what was, you know, prominent at the time, but I've always had a leadership type of mindset. So everything that I step out and I put my and I put my mind to, I want to be the best at it. So when I was doing negativity, I was pretty good at doing negativity. But those things at the end of the day helped to shape me and mold me. You know, while many of my homies, uh, my friends or, or thought, thought to be friends and, and partners that were still in the streets doing what they were doing. Many of them, I saw, I pretty much just took, took a stock of what was going on, the end result at the end of the day. I'm all about analytics. And I know what the, I know what the analytics state for purposes of street life, where it's going to take you. Your options are going to be limited. Primarily, you're looking at either a plot, a plot in a, in a, in a cemetery somewhere, or you're looking at, some, looking at to go sit in a box upstate. And I had plenty of my people that were going through that. And it, while I had to bump my head, quite a few times in order to really get to a place of understanding. And that really started to happen, I'd say, as my mid to really more so late, late, um, component, late years of high school. Um, I'm thankful and I'm, and I'm really, truly blessed to say that uh, it could have very well and easily have been me in certain circumstances that my friends were in. But at the end of the day, choice and, and, and came into play by way of the decisions that you make. And when I got to a certain point, I understood that while I, I and I and I'll tell you and I say it unapologetically, I don't regret anything I did in the streets. Everything that I learned more so in in street environment and in my neighborhoods are things that have served me well and protected me in either even in the world of corporate America. And, you know, from a stance of the education that I got by growing up in the environments that I did and, and being in, in the circumstances that I, that I in some cases put myself through. Those things were more of a teaching lesson for me in life than anything else. And that same education that I got growing up here, growing up in Brooklyn, growing up in the hood, I was a, I'm now able to, in a position that I'm in now, like I said, my nonprofit, you know, the nonprofit initiatives that I work through. In a few hours after we get wrapped up with this interview, I'm going to be getting ready to head to a region here in South Florida where I go and I mentor at-risk youth. So I'm able to go and have these conversations with kids that are still in impoverished situations, not having access to the proper resources and not necessarily having the great the greatest home environment that they can see me as a young black man in the position that I'm in now, working hard, doing the things that I'm doing and use that as a driving force. Because one of my earlier influences in terms of really me wanting to aspire for certain things in life, more so material materialistic wise, was was it the, the pillars in the hood, drug dealers. And the gangsters. Now, that's unfortunately what we have to see in terms of the you know the people that are somewhat in positions of power in our in some in many of our communities. And there's no reason in this day and age, we're in 2000 now, we're embarking on a new year in 2022, that a young black boy or girl would have to look and emulate negativity. There's far too many of us that have understood and gone through our plights in the streets that have gravitated towards uplifting and educating and evolving that we now have to transition that to the next generation. So they're putting a better footing than we were. So my, my upbringing was, uh, was beautiful in that respect. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. 
I, I work hard for everything that I have, the blessings that I get. I, I'm appreciative of them. And when you grow up that type of way, it's amazing that the things that God will show you ultimately in life, because those deeds that you then pass along to others, you don't have to focus on materialistic things, even money to a place of point. I don't work for money. Money works for me. So while I work hard and I grind to make sure that my kids and my future generations are going to be taken care of, what I give in terms of my time, information, and my ability of my resources to be able to extend to others that are not in the, in the, in the best position right now, I'm more proud of that than anything else. I'm more thankful that I'm able to be in a position at this stage of my life to be able to do that for others. No, I love that. And, you know, you talked about um, a community give back and I ask everybody, you know, what their community give back that they're doing or that they plan on doing in mentoring um, these these young um, boys. Are they um, free? Are they in a facility? Uh, maybe even want to shout out the organization if that's OK, because sometimes there's some rules when I, I've worked in that that area where people like, you know, because of this and that and the type of people you deal with just Nah, just be quiet. Don't talk about it. But are they free in a facility? And what do you find to be like their biggest barrier, you know, coming up now where everything is accessible and these phones, you know, they can find any answer that they want in the world. What, what are what are they telling you? Sure. Well, for the purposes of the organization I'm meeting with today, I won't reference the name of the of the nonprofit, but the kids, the, the young men are free. They're not they're not incarcerated. But, you know, from in some instances, more so, thankfully, they're at a, at a position now where if you could catch things early on enough, you won't get to a point where I'm going to have to go see a kid that's already been through the juvenile system or if they're of age, you know, they're looking at spending time in the penile system. So, you know, thankfully, that's not the case with these young men. But there there is a level of, of you know, um, OG work that needs to be done. And I'm, I'm big on that OG, that OG standpoint in terms of really you as a one as the one that's been through certain things and you've had certain pitfalls or bumps in the road share that information with, with another young person that they don't have to go through the same thing there's no reason that that cycle should continue and you know from a, a point of access as you mentioned in this day and age where you know we're in it we're in the age of technology we've been heavily in the age of age of technology there's really no formal excuses for purposes of not you know, educating yourself at the end of the day, because we have tools and devices by way of these smartphones and other electronic devices that gives you access to the information. But one thing we're certainly lacking in the, in the framework of our communities is that drive to want to learn. You know, our focus is on the things that are of social media. And, you know, honestly, the buffoonery and the foolishness is still a big part of what we see on a daily basis. So that's why, like I said, Kellen, your responsibility, just like it is mine at the end of the day, is that we've experienced and gone through certain walks of life and even and educated ourselves to a, to a point, you know, stepped out on, on faith and taken our chance on ourselves to build our own businesses and build our own brands. There are still kids that are living in impoverished neighborhoods and communities all around the country, all around the world that don't have a Kellen in, in their corner, do not have a, a, a person like myself as someone to emulate, they're still looking at the same mess that I was looking at in 93 when I came here. And there's no, there's no reason for that. So it gives them, it, it doesn't, it, I sh I'm not absolving them of the, um, the, the responsibility they have to take things, uh, take the initiative and, you know, you know, make the changes that they need to make. But, uh, you know, we, what's, what's real is real in terms of life, life, life uh, has shown me anyway, not everyone is going to mature at the same, at, at the same pace. 
So while I've always been looked at as a person that's mature beyond my age, even when at, at 12, 13, 14 years of age, I did a lot of stupid stuff that, that would, would make you believe otherwise. So everybody needs help and guidance and assistance at a certain point. And especially if you don't have it at home in the framework of your home environment, that, that could be to your detriment. We have so many CEOs, executives, and people of posi- that could be in great positions of power that are sitting in the penitentiary and that look like me and you. And that's something that's not cool with me. And I'm not one for at the end of the day. I don't, I'm not going to cry, moan, or complain about it. I'm about putting action to it. So figure out what the problem is. Do your best to try to you know, formulate a, a solution and put it into action, bottom line. So that's a big part of our, our responsibility that we need to have as Black men, as Black women, to really more so focus centrally in our communities. Because we're, there's, still a lot of grow, there's still a lot of things that we need to grow from and that we have to evolve from at the end of the day. Definitely, definitely have to do do our part. You know, everybody do your part. And, um, you know, with with the buffoonery for any parents out there struggling with that, you know, get get your young man a a mentor or some type of male. But also, you know, turn off that 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 crap or that that gangster so-called rap. Well, they got skinny jeans. I don't know how you're a gangster, but uh, (laughs) but, you know, turn that off. And I know even my oldest one time she was uh, listening to something and it was um, the hardest thing she probably heard was Justin Bieber. But I said, oh, you want to hear something hard? Let's roll over when we go back. You know, I'm from California. We, we go. I'm going to show you the East Oakland. And so, you you know, and when I go to Cali, I kind of do it big. You know, I like the convertible. Do it big. If we're going to rent something, let's rent it big and, and have a good time and enjoy that sun. But, oh, no, daddy, this is the hood. I say, yeah, and it's all good. But with Justin Bieber or whoever, you know, I'm just picking on Justin, um, right. but whoever it is, they turn that off and get your kids into something, a, a different vibe, especially if they're into the young ladies. Let them hear some of that Afro beat, some of that reggae, uh, even right. that reggae tone. Let them do, you know, embrace something else than just the, uh, the, the, the typical stereotypical. I mean, I listen to, you know, some, some hard stuff while working out, but you, right. you, you, you know, that, that's, there's a time and a place and I'm, I'm still doing my own healing. That's why I got my therapist every week doing my own healing, getting my mind right. Tell the people, though, because I know there'll be some people, well, he's from Jamaica. I didn't hear any give back in Jamaica, or does he even go back? And I hear, you know, people in other countries always saying, well, we've had a brain drain. And how is the, you know, people going to come back and help us? Is there anything, not that just you can help in Jamaica, but that all of us can get involved with and help Jamaica? Because a lot of us, you know, some of us don't know if you say Negril, we're like, they're like, hey, where, where's that? Uh, you know, Montego right. Bay, and these are the tourist areas. So is there anything in Jamaica that you're involved with that the rest of us could possibly get involved with? Well, I don't have any organizational ties by way of, you know, let's say missionary work or anything along those lines that I do back home. I have been back home a few times since I came here permanently to the U.S. Um, you know, more so in my teenage years, my focus, especially when I was in, uh, running around the streets of Brooklyn, my focus is on just simply the, the culture and the environment that I lived with here. I wasn't thinking about a focus on going back home because, again, when um, you mentioned certain areas, on the North Coast, Montego Bay and the Grill, the touristy environments that I'm I'm born back home, spent my first 12 years there, 
never been to any of those places. So those wonderful, beautiful uh, brochures and videos that you see about come to the island of Jamaica, I don't know them sitting there, rude boy, because I know some of you grew up. But, you know, what I do for purposes of, you know, helping and assisting my people, uh, packing up food, sending back barrels and stuff like that to my family members and, you know, folk, folks in the local community. And I've, I brought my children back um, uh, twice. Um, I, was, I was hoping at this stage, you know, now that I've resided here in South Florida, at least a once a year trip. But, you know, um, starting my separation from working a 40 to 50 hour commitment to corporate America while I do my business has allowed me more flexibility now to be able to travel. But then, lo and behold, we, this pandemic came about and that certainly stunted my opportunities to really, you know, travel and, and go back home. But uh, I want to make sure that my kids have a firm understanding that of where truly they come from. Now, they're both basically native Floridians. One was born here. The other one was was uh, was only one um, about two years of age when we left New York. So they're both Floridians and they've been um, somewhat sheltered to a point because I, I thankfully work hard. So the, the hard work that my mother did in order to instill certain principles and values in me and provide a better life for me. I've now been able to provide that for my children on another level. And they don't know nothing about struggle. They don't know nothing about street life. They don't know nothing about the activities and the things that I had to, to be exposed to when I came here. So I want them to have a true understanding and vibe and feel for what hard work means. The things that I'm doing right now are for purposes of securing their existence, my future generations, my grandkids, my great grandkids, that concept of generational wealth is something that's real and it's in most full motion for me in terms of what I want to provide for my future that's going to be here long after I'm gone. But with much to much is given, much is required. At the end of the day, you could give a you could give a person a million dollars and they could blow that in no time flat because they have no sense of financial literacy or how to really manage money or what to do, you know, from a place of business. So everything shouldn't be given to you at the end of the day. My kids still have to work. They still work in the in the framework of the companies that I that I own. These are businesses that are going to transition to them, but at the end of the day, they still have to put in the work. So they need to see a dirt road that Jimmy and Kama come from. My grandma, my granny house, she's being, uh, being rebuilt now, but you used to use bathroom out in the bush. Now them kind of they have a catch water and, you know, and, um, and appeal for going to be themselves. So them things, they need to see that, that this, is, this could be life. So the things that I'm doing right now and the things that I've acquired, ain't none of that yours. Well, from a place of I plan to transition certain things to you and I'm instilling a certain foundation in you, these things that I will in spare life will transition to you at a certain point. But you still have to work for it because if my mother didn't take the steps that she did in order to do the things she had to do to bring me here, this could have been your life. So I don't ever want them to be naive, naive to the ways of the things of the world that think that this is, you know, the beauty that they see here and then the, the lifestyle that they've had since, I've, since they've been um, since they've been birthed. That's not that's not everything. And even to a point, appreciate it more so because it could be taken away from you. Not everybody gets to experience having their own room since they're born or living in a house or going out into a yard. There's kids out there that can't eat, that don't have food, that don't have clothing. So I don't want my kids to ever grow up in, a, in an environment or a sense of entitlement. So going back to Jamaica is something that's big for me to expose them to that. And I definitely will be looking forward to doing a whole lot more. Like I said, now that I have the, the latitude of time, because when you work a corporate position and do a business and growing different things and family life, it's hard to do it. But there's a lot more that's set to come. And I, I, I appeal to everyone for the island of Jamaica 
look into the local profit, you know, nonprofits and organizations that go over. There's a lot of work that needs to be done by way of helping and assisting people back home. Poverty is a major thing. So while you look at those nice commercials and those, you know, and like I said, those advertisements that start about come to Jamaica and all this stuff, half and most, most, most of the, the working class people are not living like that. It's so tourism is a major thing. So go and visit the island, you know, support the, the local economy. And certainly from a place of investments, look into buying and acquiring things. Uh, I look at, I'm looking at that in the case of Jamaica and other Caribbean islands and over, over on the continent and the motherland. So there's a lot of things that you can do to help, you know, help others that are not in the same, you know, you know, position that you're in. Appreciate the things that you have overall is what I'm saying in life because you, you know, it could be easily, you could easily be in a worse off state. So you got to always give thanks and you always got to give back. Definitely, you, you do. And, and I think kids are so funny. Uh, my kids say, I said, what do you like uh, better, Sierra Leone or Cameroon? Because mom is from Cameroon, my wife. And they're yeah. like, well, Sierra Leone, because the internet is stronger. And it's not that the internet was stronger. It's like now y'all have a, a tablet and a phone opposed to when you were there and how, how I, I set things up. But I said, internet is your biggest problem. That's a that that's a good problem to have. So, you know, um, there's a Chris Rock joke where he says, you know, you go to Jamaica and you get in the van and you pass the worst poverty you've ever seen. And the same could be true for Africa and many places. And you get to the resort, you come back and you say Jamaica was a beautiful place. Do you know when you go to these uh, like the Palladium? Sorry, Palladium, I got to call you out. Yeah. They make you sign two waivers if you want to walk off their property. One, to walk off. Two, if you want to have your own taxi cab driver. Are you sure you can trust the driver? I'm like, yeah, we're sure. We're, we're going to be all right. There's no ransom for Black people that's going to be paid by America. <laughs> we'll be all right. Uh, yeah. So no, that that is that that's that's dope. You mentioned Africa. Um, I just want to throw out to everybody if you're interested in getting a plot of land in Ghana, there is a new program um, for the diaspora. It's about twelve hundred dollars that we have been told as of recent. Make sure you inbox me, call me, whatever, to learn more about that, so I can go over the details and make sure you get the correct information because I don't want any four one nine to happen to you where you get swindled. Now let the the people know how important it is, especially for the entrepreneurs, because we got more entrepreneurs, they say, than ever. But I'm finding still clients with, you know, they're making more than six figures, don't have an accountant, don't have a lawyer, don't have anything. And they're just still, you know, well, I'll just have H&R Block do it. I'm like, hold on, you make too much money for H&R Block to be doing your stuff. You need some personal attention because some of those people on H&R Block, when we used to go to them back in the day, they were like, oh, we only work during tax season. And then we let welfare feed us. That was in Springfield, Massachusetts in a real story. So right. can you tell people as an entrepreneur or even as just a regular you know, person, how important it is to have your own accountant in your corner? Absolutely. Uh, and like flying, you know, living by the seam of your pants is not is not a way of life that I subscribe to. So while you mentioned there's a lot of different platforms that you could do it yourself in every in every arena and certainly in the in the world of business and from a, a standpoint of taxation sure you could take it up on yourself to do what you need to do but as a as a budding entrepreneur especially 
And hopefully that you're, if you're in a situation where you are a current employee, uh, certainly looking towards migrating into the life of entrepreneurship and securing your financial independence, you need to have certain profession, professionals that are qualified that are in your corner. Uh, you working in your field as uh, whatever it is that you may do for a living in your profession, your state of profession, you could you could sit down and, and grab an H&R block or some other you know commercial related software and try to do it yourself. But there's a reason that we all have a, a, le- a level of experience and knowledge and focus in our different professions. What I've gone through in 25 years of hardcore training and been exposed and worked in corporations at a high level, your, your, your tax software that you buy in Best Buy can do what I do. And if you're an entrepreneur, you need to have a certain drive and mindset, no matter on what level you start off, whether it is you know, a small little area and you're in your focused in your in your apartment or your home or you're able to secure a rental split, rental uh, rental storefront. The regard, when you get yourself on the plane of actually being a serious business owner and you want to grow to certain levels, you need to have a focus by way of what it is that you do, service you're providing, product that you're selling. But an accountant needs to be a primary person that's in your corner in order to be able to guide you and advise you accordingly for all the financial uh, the financial components of your business and even start the starting it up that's the service that's offered through through my company my firm brown tax preparation and financial services llc we help with business creation and formation services so we walk you from from point a all the way through point z in terms of actually formally registering your business uh, in the same manner as which you could do the taxes on h and h and r block product it's the same. I equate it to the same thing as somebody wanted to register an LLC or a corporate or a corporate entity, and they go on a Sunbiz and here in the state of Florida and think they've done. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's not. That's there. There are levels to this. So there's a reason that you go to and seek out information for the services of a qualified professional who has gone through, uh, you know, the process of undertaking and understanding what it is that's required and what would be the best situation that would be suited for you. Because again, no. The other thing is no two businesses are alike in terms of the the, uh, the the brain trust. What you do and what you bring to the table is unique. So your business needs to have that level of personalization to it. So you you can't you can call me as when you acquire my services as your accountant. I'm available to you 365 days a year. And from that standpoint, you you certainly can't pick up the phone and call a, a Jackson Hewitt representative for purposes of your taxes anytime you want. That person may be your plumber. It may be your your mailman, uh, you know, that has decided to take a class and say, hey, I know how to do taxes. No, that, that that doesn't work well for me. And that shouldn't be the mindset of any true professional or entrepreneur that's really looking to grow and take their business to the next level. Attach to the proper people that are going to be in your life, whether it's an accountant, my way of an accountant, an attorney, and uh, marketing, advertising, social media, uh, you know, a, in person or professional. Banking, so there are several different key uh, position, professionals that are going to help to assist you in your development and your growth as an entrepreneur. So, you know, attack, give me a call. There we are in, in the midst of tax season. Uh, we're getting prepared for our returns to start being processed by the IRS in about uh, two weeks. On the twenty fourth is when the IRS will open up here in the United States. So, if you if you feel that um, you know you're in a good position now. To move forward and you're looking at having a very prosperous 2022 you need to connect with someone in my field and uh, i'll be more than obliged to set up a consultation and be able to provide any assistance that i can 
No, I love that. You had me chuckling inside when you said that person could be your plumber. I'm thinking that person could also be <laughs> the dealer, the stripper. I mean, picture <laughs> you seeing somebody panhandling and, hey, man, but make sure you hit me on the taxes um, and, you know, giving out a card. Now, this is this is good game. I want you guys to make sure if, you, you know, something went over your head or you said, hey, wait, what is that? rewind so you can get this tax game. There's no reason for you to be behind when the game is here to make sure that you make more money. You save more money. It's one thing to make it. It's another thing to invest it and it won't rot. So you can also save what you need. I thank you for coming on. Can you let the people know um, where they can find you? And of course, links will be in the description box. Sure, I appreciate it. Um, you can find me on the social media platforms, Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is at OBrownBTF. So that's at O-B-R-O-W-N-B-T-F as in Brown Tax Financial uh, for Instagram. On Facebook, you can find my business page, which is Brown Tax Preparation and Financial Services, LLC. And those are the two primary social media platforms you will find, uh, you know, you'll find me posting, providing information, tax tips, you know, updates on the season and also overall financial services. And my what my company website is www.btfllc.com. And uh, you can certainly find a wealth of information there. We can schedule a uh, consultation to see what your perspective needs may be. And for purposes of my contact number, my telephone number for the business is 772-873-7600. And for purposes of communications with clients that are not in the state of Florida, um, I have uh, I have clients in 23 or 24 states to this point. So if you're in the if you're in the United States, it doesn't matter what state that you're in, as um, long as you have access to technology, a computer, the internet or some frame of being able to, you know, operate in the virtual space, um, I'm able to service clients here and also clients that are overseas uh, out of the country as well. So feel free to reach out to me. And uh, also, I, I never gave a full rundown of the different services that I offer besides the general taxation, which is the focus. I offer accounting, bookkeeping, uh, formation, credit repair, financial planning and advisory, investment training, payroll and for purposes of taxation I, I handle and cover personal taxes business estates trusts and i also handle foreign and international clients as well so i have a nice full assortment of different accounting bookkeeping payroll and taxation services that i could that could be a value add to you so please feel free to connect with me you guys make sure you check out that website because it's a beautiful beautiful put together website uh, we always appreciate that. You guys make sure if you do nothing else, you share this with somebody, it will change their life. Be blessed. I'm Pamelanga, and this is the Mindful Entrepreneur Podcast, the Pan-African show for entrepreneurship and culture. Here we laugh, learn, and grow. And sometimes we mix a little bit of French. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, 
came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that $100 US dollars is worth a thousand South African rand? and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings. So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that you know when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.